Let me tell you today about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, or you can record it on another device or platform and transfer it to Anchor. It will distribute your podcast for you through Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast right in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome in to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. This is your host, David Mendelson, back again here with Art Tornabeni. David, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about you, my man? No complaints. Living life, living sweet. Have good food at my house now and feeling full from dinner, so life is good. That's an absolute necessity, and uh, we also have my man Eric here. What's going on, world? Uh, not much if you've been in following the news. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> We're here to talk about something besides the coronavirus. Go follow yeah, us so- on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so Eric is the head of the game here. We are actually, as we told you guys, we our Twitter has been active. We just activated a few days ago. It's at Trip Play Fantasy, T-R-I-P. P-L-A-Y-F-A-N-T-A-S-Y. Uh, we will be actively putting out content for you guys, polls, um, good hot takes. Uh, so please just go follow us on Twitter, um, and we'd really appreciate it. And also please leave reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, with that being said, fellas, let's hop into uh, News and Notes because we got a big show today. All right. Uh, first of all, this actually kind of just came out uh, in the last couple hours. Al Kaline, former Hall of Famer who played 22 years of his career in Detroit, earned the nickname Mr. Tiger, died Monday. He was 85 years old. He's a, a uh, an all-star in 15 seasons and a 10-time gold glover, um, over 3,000 hits. Um, just sad news on that front. Uh, Art, do you have any fond memories of Al Kaline? <laughs> He was <laughs> he was retired before I was born. Yeah, but you're you're the Mr. Baseball, so I don't know if you had some highlights that you maybe watched of him or Well, Al K line played during the era of guys like Mickey Mantle and Duke Snyder and Willie Mays and Yogi Berra and he fit right in along with those guys. He was the you know, he, he didn't have the same shine that the New York guys did because he was playing in Detroit, but K Line's an all time great Go look him up if you haven't done it before. K-Line is an all-timer. Awesome. And then we next bit of news. Wait, I've, I've said this for years. What? I've said this for years. 
the battery company Alkaline should have give should have given him a royalty because Al Kaline Alkaline. God, only you, Eric. Only you. He should have asked for a royalty. Um. Next bit of news: Major League Baseball uh, teams can now contact amateur can now contact the amateur uh, draft prospects using electronic communication, um, but they cannot attend in-person activities, um, at least according to uh, ESPN, uh, obviously during this crazy period. So as far as I know, drafts for that uh, going forward are all going to have to be electronically, the information they're going to receive. Next bit of news. Justin Verlander, Steven Matz, Bryce Harper are some of the few major leaguers donating weekly pay to relief efforts. Uh, a lot of nice players out there trying to help those that are in need. Um, any thoughts, guys, on some of these guys uh, donating their weekly pay to relief efforts? Eric, what do you think? Yeah, uh, shout out to everyone that you mentioned. You know, I, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, they have the money to do that. Well, that doesn't mean that they're required to. And I, I think the fact that they're doing it in there, and it's not for a publicity stunt because these are all big names. Um, maybe not Stephen Matz, but um, you know it's good to see that they're they're helping out. Agreed, indeed, indeed. Um, and then this last little bit of news, according to Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic, they are in talks of starting spring training in Arizona with no fans starting in July with games potentially starting in August. Now, all games would be played in Arizona. Um, all 30 teams, all the umpires, all the managers, um, and everybody would be playing in uh, basically spring training stadiums. Uh, so, guys, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this potential situation. You have a, a spring training place like Arizona uh, where the ball is going to carry a lot better um, if you look at the spring training statistics from the Arizona leagues or from that area, you'll see the numbers for the offense are extremely inflated. Um, so, Artem, start with you. What would this mean to you as far as draft strategies and overall your kind of uh, how you approach drafting guys for fantasy? I think I'm going to go with more safer bets. That's my my theme of this uh, of this draft drafting season is that I want to go with guys who I think have a really safe floor. I don't want to try and reach on a guy who I think has potential in some in this sort of uncertain atmosphere. I'm going for guys who I know have produced before. Eric, you're uh, since no one out now is your favorite player, I want to turn this question to you. Uh, guys like Herman Marquez, John Gray, um, maybe potential just Rockies, even their offense in general, if they're not in Colorado, is that going to cause you to change your draft strategy on some of these guys? I mean, I'll always draft Nolan Arenado. That's my guy. Um, I I would probably look a little bit more at uh, Derman Marquez and John Gray because I think that they've shown that they have a high uh, ceiling over the years. Um, I think pitching in Colorado, we haven't really seen an ace since uh, Ubaldo Jimenez had that one really good half season. Um, but to go with Art, I, I like players with good floors, um, but also durable players since this season will probably be shortened. Say Marquez's name again. German Marquez. Uh, you got to say it with the accent. Herman. Herman Marquez. 
it's a Herman, not German. If you listen to the podcast, he probably is quitting now because of you. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I'll take it if he's listening to the pod. Yeah, we need to get some education from for Herman Marquez because he's one of our most loyal listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, those are some a bit of news and notes we have from the last few days. Um, so our guest this week, we have uh, we're going to introduce him on in a couple minutes. Um, but uh, Al Melchior will be joining us and he's going to go with us round six through ten. Um, according to Fantasy Pros ADP 12 team um, mock draft, kind of just telling us who he thinks are the best picks and worst picks of each round. So please make sure to stay tuned for our next segment with Al. Um, and we'll do our normal question of the week and game with him following. Um, I know we had some technical difficulties last week, so those should hopefully be solved. Um, so tune in. We love you guys. Anything you guys want to say before we get out of here? We are team follow back for now because we're on the up and coming. Um, but once we get really huge, we won't follow back. So do it now. <laughs> we got to hop on. We got to follow back train early. We got to give out our, our free big time offer. Uh, I, we we, we got to give a shout out to our boy, Jeff McNeil. He's in round six through 10. We're going to be talking about him today, I'm sure. So Jeff McNeil, much love. Jeff McNeil, expect three tweets headed your way in the next couple days. There it is. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Stay tuned for our interview with Al Melchior. We welcome in Al Melchior. He's host of the Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Also writes Fantasy Baseball for The Athletic Fantasy. He's actually been a fantasy baseball writer since 2000 in which he began writing articles for Scoresheet Baseball for Baseball HQ. Um, he's been around. He's been Rotographs, MLB.com, Fantrax, FanRag Sports. Um, Al's uh, just a great baseball guy. And but you may not know this about him, but he's a former political science professor and is a fan of Wolverine and, unfortunately, the Miami Marlins. Al, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, that was the perfect way to just uh, wind up that intro. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, so I, I got to ask, is it the Marlins is that's where you grew up or how? Did no, you um, I lived in, in Miami for 18 years. Uh, I now live in Montana. I've been here about uh, the last four years, but the 18 years prior to that, I was in South Florida and um, yeah, I moved around a few times uh, as a kid, moved a couple of times and then, you know, went away to college and then moved around a lot after that. So even though I grew up a Phillies fan, it was kind of hard for me to maintain loyalty with moving so much. So when I finally, you know, lived in a place for almost 20 years, um, you know, that I kind of got attached to the team uh, for, for better or worse. So when, when did you, what year was it that you became uh, a Marlins? Was it, was it like the Josh Beckett uh, like peak phase of it? Or was it kind of towards the John Carlos Stan Ozuna Yellich phase? Um, I, I started during uh, what I think of as the Mark Kotze years. Yeah, that, that means you are a real Marlins fan. Like, 
Uh, well, you know, like it just uh, it was a, a time where they weren't very good. And actually, I, I remember it as Marcotze because he was one of the better players. Yeah. Uh, you know, like 99, 2000. And, uh, you know, I just watched them get uh, better during the uh, the early 2000s. So it was, it was, at least to me, a fun time to be a Marlins fan. Well, that is awesome. Uh, well, I don't think there's going to be too many Marlins on what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> uh, but we are looking at. According to Fantasy Pros, round six through ten uh, for a twelve-team points league, um, your best picks of each round and your worst picks of each round. So we're going to start with round number six, and we have some interesting guys in here. So Al, I'd like you to tell me one or two guys that catch your eye um, in round six. Uh, well, definitely you, Darvish, just because I think for the upside that he showed in the second half of twenty nineteen to get him in the sixth round is it's, I mean, there, it certainly doesn't come without risk, but um, you know, I, I, I think that's pretty nice. And also uh Yomankata, I like a lot. And uh, I wrote a piece back in the fall about how I don't see there being that much difference between him and Chris Bryant in terms of value this year. And so obviously in drafts, he is going considerably later. So I, I certainly like the value there on Yomankata. So uh, one thing I will ask about Juan Moncada is, so he's notoriously a, a big strikeout-prone guy. In a points league, does that scare you at all, that uh, he could give you potentially a lot of negative points some games? You know, that yeah, that is a good point. Um, it, it should probably worry me more than it does, but I also I don't expect him to hit 400 on balls and play again, but I do think that he'll be able to compensate for that somewhat just by the sheer – total of hits he'll get because he does profile somebody who's who's going to get a lot of hits in spite of the high strikeout rate so yeah points leagues not are not going to be his forte but i i still i still like the value i think that's an interesting comparison you make to him and chris bryant uh and both of them are have multiple position uh eligibility which i think is huge in fantasy um and i, I think you're right that you know, both are going to get a lot of plate appearances. And, um, you know, for where Chris Bryant's ADP is, Moncada can provide similar value. He's certainly younger. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, uh, certainly some more upside there, I think, with him than we can expect from Bryant. And I just I just really worry. I mean, you know, I do like the value on Moncada, but I actually worry more about Bryant sort of falling back to the pack than, uh, Moncada, you know, reaching him up where, where his, uh, where. So then Al, who's the one player that you have as a do not touch sign, someone that you will absolutely positively stay away from in all your drafts. All right. So we're talking any round, uh, for this round. Oh, for this particular round. Uh, I would, you know, I I'd see a couple of them actually, uh, Victor Robles and, and Trevor Bauer. I just think the price is too high on them. I think the um, particularly with Bauer, I just think that uh, he may lean a little bit more towards the 2019 performance and the 2018 performance. And so obviously taking him in, in the top 80 is uh, just not going to be uh, advisable. And um, Robles, you know, I, I'm not convinced of the power. And, you know, again, I think, you know, we're talking here about points league. Uh, it, that's not going to be his forte either. And so um, I just think that they're, they're both going to be overpriced. So Al, you're not a Bauer believer then. 
I am not a Bauer be- uh, believer. I'm not also not a, a Bieber believer. <laughs> what do you have against these B pitchers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that because I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't uh, noticed the trend until just now. What about Walker Bueller <laughs> since we're naming Bs? <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah, I don't like him as the number five overall. Oh, no. We found we found what Al uh B pitchers are on his do not draft list. Yeah, we. Uh, I was. I've been so uh, missing baseball that I. I spent time watching Trevor Bauer at bat and his teammates' batting stances on YouTube for like twenty minutes today. I've been missing baseball so much. So Trevor Bauer, keep putting out your social media content. Keep batting like your teammates, but uh, but uh, maybe maybe we'll get you in the ninth or tenth round. <laughs> That'll work for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, Al, then we're looking at this next round, round seven. There's a lot of Yankees here. We have Aroldis Chapman, Gary Sanchez, Giancarlo Stanton, <clears throat> and a couple of breakouts, Marcus Simeon, Josh Bell. Um, who who catches your eye in this round? All right. And by the way, I, I think I was a round ahead of you guys because this is the Bauer Robles uh, round. I, I, <laughs> it's all good. I jumped ahead good of you. Because... Uh, but um, I, 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 now with the shortened season, I love this for Giancarlo Stanton. Um you know, I, he's, he continues to be an injury risk, but, uh, you know, I think with the shortened season, the Yankees maybe can manage that risk. And, um, you know, he can be a, a, you know, a third round, fourth round type producer uh, and obviously a, a sizable discount. Uh, so I have to ask, do you think a guy like John Carlos Stanton, uh, a guy notoriously injury prone with all the potential double headers, um, you know, little days off. Is, is that going to be something that's going to cause him a bigger chance of injury? Or do you think they'll sit him half the games because of the day-night games? Does that scare you at all from drafting him? I mean, if that's if that's legitimately the scenario, that would be a concern. So, you know, obviously we can, you know, we can answer these questions eight different ways, you know, based on how this might play out. So, yeah, if it's doubleheader, doubleheader after doubleheader, that's going to be a concern. But I think if it's you know, missing a couple games a week. I'd rather they, they rest him and keep him healthy um, because I think the per-game production is going to be enough to make him a steal uh, in the seventh round. Awesome. Uh, so then looking at round eight, we have our man crush on this podcast, Jeff McNeil. And we have uh, picks 85 uh, through 95. Uh, well, I, I really don't like McNeil this early, especially in a points <laughs> league. Even I, I know he doesn't strike out a lot, but uh, I think he, for him to have value at this point in the draft, it's really going to require him to come close to 20 home run power again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing in his profile that really pointed to a, a repeat of that was a really crazy high pull rate on fly balls. And while there is some stickiness to that, I just don't want to risk a pick that's quite this early uh, on the idea that he's going to be on a 20 homer pace for over however many games it turns out to be. So uh, he's one of the, the last players that's going in this range that I would actually uh, uh, be targeting. But, you know, I certainly think that it's a good time to take Eddie Rosario. I like Corey Kluber and, you know, sort of a similar, a similar thing to Stanton where, Sure, maybe um, he's not going to be who he used to be this year, but on the chance that he, you know, comes 80, 90% of the way, um, 
this would be uh, an incredible bargain to get Corey Kluber. So you're one of the guys that thinks kind of the bounce back potential for Corey Kluber is worth the uh, the pick at this point. I think so because it's it's the point in the draft where you know there it there's no sure things uh, at, at pitcher. Um, you know, I'm looking a little bit further down. Uh, if it comes between Kluber and Mike Soroka, uh, I think you know I think if I at this point I probably already have two starters, possibly three. And I'd, I'd be willing to, you know, take the flyer on Kluber. I like Soroka, but, uh, you know, I think I could wait a little bit longer and get somebody who's roughly his equivalent. Um, you know, Sonny Gray, that, that might be a little bit more of a, a, of a dilemma. Zach Wheeler, uh, you know, none of these guys really have the upside of, um, of Kluber. So, like I said, and I, if I'm going into this, and I likely am with already two starters uh, on my roster, uh, it'd be hard to resist that. I'm with you on Corey Kluber. I think the the time that uh, you know the season has been pushed back has helped some veteran pitchers such as Kluber and Strasburg. And I think the fact that the Rangers traded for him, I, I think they're kind of signaling, um, you know, that they're they're ready to make a run for it, so that they're going to put him out there. I don't think they're going to have any restrictions on him. So I'm with you. I think for his, where his ADP is, he is a great value. No, I absolutely agree with that. And I did a, a mock recently and it was a uh, head to head points mock where uh, he fell a good long way. And I, I felt great about getting him where he fell. Now, the only thing I have concern with Kluber is that they, he was showing that he had lost a little bit of his velocity and he's going to a much better ballpark for hitters. Do either of those concerns uh, resonate in your mind as far as scare you in, uh, scaring you at all from Kluber? Or is that still kind of like you, the upside is still too great? Um, with those concerns. Yeah, I, th- I think the upside is there. We don't really know how the park is going to play. Uh, the dimensions certainly are are on the small side, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be as, as hitter friendly as the old park was. And the velocity, um, you know, it, it, at this point, it's really kind of hard to tell how much of a concern that will be. Uh, it's certainly, you know, not enough to, to scare me off. Interesting. Um, so then, Looking at, we go to round nine. Um, we have, uh, this is a very interesting round. We have, you know, guys like Luis Robert, who's got a lot of potential. We've got guys that kind of broke out like Liam Hendricks, Taylor Rogers. We've got guys trying to bounce back like Andrew Benetini and Reese Hoskins. Um, who are some guys that you like in this round? Uh, well, I'll start with Rogers. Uh, in fact, uh, Derek Van Riper and I had discussion discussion about Rogers. Uh, on a recent episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. And since uh, August of 2018, I mean, he has just been superb. And I don't feel like he gets the credit with this ADP or just in general for being as dominant as he has been. I, I, I think he's one of the six best relievers. And I think you can make the argument one of the five best relievers. And uh, he's not quite up there in terms of, of ADP. So uh, I, you know, he's right behind brand hat, Brad hand, in fact, and I actually feel better about Taylor Rogers after the second half that hand had last year. So I, I certainly love the value there of uh, Rogers and actually uh, a couple picks before hand is Liam Hendricks. And uh, you know, he could potentially be the number one reliever, uh, you know, number one or number two, him and Yates, uh, I think could be one and two. So, or I'm, I'm actually leaving out haters. So still top three, uh, you know, good, good ADP for both of those relievers. And Benintendi for a points league, 
I think the value is okay. Well, I think with Ben Attendee finally not ranked in the top, you know, four or five rounds, this is going to be a kind of a chance to get a steal if he bounces back. Um, one of the guys that you kind of just mentioned, I talked on Liam Hendricks. Um, so we had heard a stat that it's been 12 years since the A's have had a closer finish tops and save in consecutive years. So they've had a new closer pretty much almost every year. Does that scare you at all from Liam Hendricks? No, uh, I, I have seen that stat somewhere. Uh, you know, if he were healthy, I think uh, Blake Trinan would have, you know, we wouldn't have had Liam Hendricks being as great as he was last year. We just would have had a, probably another good uh, year from, from uh, Trinan. So, you know, I'm not going to hold it against Liam Hendricks for the, the history of the A's there. He was just utterly dominant, and there, I just don't see any reason to think that he's going to be that much worse. The only reason I really see it's not got to do with the A's as an organization. I think it's just got to do with Hendricks kind of coming out of nowhere and the fear of regression, but he's, he's got a long way to fall uh, from where he was last year to not be as valuable as, as where he's being drafted. Interesting. So then looking ahead here to our final round, round 10, this is like when you go to the ice cream store and they give you that chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, banana, everything you want on your Sunday. This is this to me is this is the sugar rush round of these five rounds here, because, I mean, you've got the guys everybody's talking at. You got Frankie Montas. You've got Zach Gallen. You got Jesus Lazardo. You've got all these golden boys, these these uh, 2020 breakout guys. Is there. Um, you know, either if it's those guys or uh, any others that stick out to you for this round? I'll tell you those, you know, I have no problem with the ADP of any of the pitchers that you mentioned at this point, but that doesn't stand out to me the way that the ADP of Carlos Santana um, or Michael Conforto or Michael Brantley does. I just think that for a points format, particularly for Brantley and for Santana, this is incredible value. Santana could and should be, a top five or six first baseman in, mm-hmm. in a points format. I mean, he's, it's hard to think of somebody who's got a greater split between their, their points value and their road value than Santana. And he's getting drafted uh, here, you know, like um, it's, it's Roto only. So he's an incredible steal. And, and same thing for Brantley who could be a top, uh, or not only could be, but has a good shot to be a top 20 outfielder. So get him at the end of round 10, I think it's just spectacular. Art, I feel like this is around with a lot of the guys you usually like to pick, kind of bunched together. Well, you, you, Al hit it on the head. Most rankings give you roto rankings. If you're playing in a points league, you got to adjust it for yourself, for the for how your league drafts and how your league scores. And if you're in a league where the 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 list comes up that Santana's past pick 100, you got you can nab him in the sixth, seventh, eighth round and get yourself a really high producer right there uh santana has been my guy i love him i, I don't think i'm going to get him this year because someone's going to nab him from me but uh but i definitely agree on on that i um i think uh one thing that i heard and i i i think uh, i might have heard it on al's show is how uh guys guys short season guys are getting pushed up the draft boards guys like who have, might have innings restrictions like lazardo and stuff like that um and how if you really like them, you might have to reach for them because they're going higher now because everyone's considering the short season. So I, I, I look at this and I think like Lizardo and uh, Montas and all that, they might be going a lot higher. 
No, I think that's that's a good point. And, you know, I think you categorize this really well that it's just it's a lot of players who are pretty attractive at this this point in the draft. So it's it's sort of hard to to pick any of them and, and be down on the ADP. Agreed. Uh, Al, one more thing before we get to our question of the week. Um, the guy that I think everybody's talked about more than any other fantasy player this offseason, at least what I've heard, Zach Gallen. Um, I'm just really interested to hear your thoughts on him. Um, they always bring up the stat that he had a, an ERA under two in a league in the PCL where every the average starting pitcher ERA was in the fives, has command of four great pitches, um, and, and they say sky's the limit for this guy. Um, is, is this, one, a comfortable spot for you to take him to? Do you believe in him? Um, the way a lot of other experts feel that he's going to take that leap. Uh, I think I'm I'm not really high on Gallon compared with the, um, you know, with the industry. Uh, but you know that said, I don't have a problem with the, the ADP. It's it's just sort of relative to somebody like Jesus Lazardo, who um, I, I just I just think is going to be a better value. Uh, I, I watched a lot of Gallon uh, in this rookie season, mostly with the Marlins, but um, you know. Uh, a little bit with the D-backs too. And, you know, there were just starts where he didn't seem to really have great command and uh, the, the walk rate uh, was, was certainly higher than you like to see. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I, mean, I, t- I think that he'll probably be all right. I also worry that um, less so with the shortened season, but maybe he has a little bit of a reduction role because Diamondbacks have so much rotation depth that if he gets off, to a mediocre start that maybe, uh, you know, somebody like a Merrill Kelly or, or an Alex Young uh, gets a little bit more play at his expense. But, uh, you know, I'm not so worried about any of that, again, that I would have any reservation about drafting Gallon in the 10th round. It's just, you know, when you stack up the names that, that we've discussed there, his sort of uh, – falls a bit in the in the uh in the shadows for me um i i wouldn't be disappointed if uh if i wound up having to pass them up for one of the others interesting i one thing you did mention is merrill kelly we restrict the name of pokemon pitchers on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um thank you ali uh we'll move into our question of the week hit it chris brown All right, we got our question of the week. So our question this week is, which player was your favorite fantasy pick you made of all time? Did this player lead you to a title? Was this someone that helped you that you drafted in the last round of your draft? Um, who's a player that sticks out to you as someone you're always going to have that kind of in debt to um, to want to take them just because of how they've helped you? So, uh, Eric, I'm going to start with you. Who was the player that is your favorite fantasy pick of all time? Well, favorite fantasy pick was Nolan Arenado, but I think my most impressive one, uh, 2013. So we have a rule against not streaming pitchers with Pokemon names, but I also pick pitchers that have two first names. Take it back to 2013, Matt Harvey. Got him in the 20th round. Uh, He had gone three and five with a 2.7 ERA the year before. Uh, and I took him, and this was his breakout year. Um, so I can say that was probably the best pick I've had. Awesome. Art, what about you? I, I It's always uh, very, very league-dependent. My best pick 
was in a keeper league, my old home league that I was in for years. And the way we do it was if you, to keep a player, you had to draft him in the lower round than what you drafted them the year before. So if you got him in the 10th, you had to take him in the ninth the next year. I managed to screw up every prospect draft pick I tried in this league. I, I Dustin Ackley, no. Nick Castellanos didn't come up quickly. But I managed to nab Johnny Cueto right before he went on a run of five straight seasons where he was an ace of a staff, and I got him in like the 17th or 18th round. So I was able to pencil him in on my staff for about five, six seasons. That's probably my favorite one. Um, and uh, my brother just wanted me to – he's a guy who's in our league. He wanted to thank Al for puffing up Blake Snell before 2018 because – that was his best draft pick, and you wanted me to say thanks, Al. <laughs> uh, glad to help. Glad to help. Um, <laughs> so, Al, who's well, yours? I, so, uh, I could go with, with two different players. Uh, if, do we need to go with an active player? I don't know. It could it be could any be player. a player that had, now has a son in the major leagues. Because if I could think – Oh, that's encouraged. Because <laughs> when I think of, <laughs> like, my favorite pick of all time, it's actually 1995 Dante Bichette. When uh, he went off and batted 340, 40 home runs, 128 RBIs at the Rockies. And uh, I had just been playing fantasy for a couple of years. My first year was really horrible. And I don't, I, you know, I can't, I don't remember at this point, uh, 15 years ago, or I'm sorry, 25 years ago. Um, oh man, I'm old. Um, <laughs> what round I drafted the shed in. But I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, super early. I mean, it was definitely, he definitely, perform much better than anybody including myself thought that he would so that was that was my first pick that i remember really panning out in a big way that was a monster That's season. Awesome. a monster year for dante bichette um mine real quick george springer brought me a title last year had a three home run game against art in the championship final day always be in debt to george springer even if he was cheating <laughs> um <laughs> but um, we'll move into our last segment here. We're going to do our game. And I understand Eric's hosting our game this week. So, Eric, what do you got for us? I am. So, fellas, I got 10 questions of who am I. I'm going to give you a couple hint or about three hints for each. Um, we can either answer that or you can guess at the time or we can go at the end, uh, whatever you'd like. Let's, we'll guess at the time and, uh, let's do, we'll do five. Give us five. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I got to think of my best ones now. All right. The first one, I've played all nine years with the same team. I have 148 career home runs in 2018. My season could be described as a tale of two different stories. Before May 15th, I had a 178 BABIP, and after May 15th, I had a 398 BABIP. This streak included a game where I home where I homered in six consecutive games. Who am I? We'll start with Al. Put the pressure on the guest. Wow. Uh, Reese Hoskins. David? So it's 2018? Yes. You said it. They you said they had an ERA? No. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you have the, I know mean, you said Babbitt. I, I finally said ERA before that. Um, God, uh, I'm gonna say Robinson Cano. Art Matt Carpenter. Art is right. Oh, <laughs> wow, Art, go ahead, David. I said all nine years with the same team. Oh, right. Well, he was wasn't he with the Mariners for like nine years? He was... I meant the only team in his career. But... I mean, the Yankees. Uh, it's oh man, this quarantine is getting to my. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about wow, the nine right. years thing. That definitely would have ruled out Hoskins. Um, but wow, you know, I uh, completely forgot about that. All right, Eric, let's, we'll do better with the next one. Okay, next one, David, you're starting out. I'm top 15 active in career hits or for hits for active players, but I only have 73 home runs. I'm durable. I've played 145-plus games in all but one year in my 11-year career, and I debuted at 20 years old. Who am I? Oh, my goodness. Uh all right, so this is a slap hitter, sounds like. Um, are you able to tell me what league he's in? No. David Fletcher. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. I know. Art, you're next. I think it's Starling Castro. Al, you I got nothing. Uh, I'll just say Elvis Andrews. Wow, that's a good guess because that's it. <laughs> oh my God, Alan Art are killing it right now. Wow, yeah. I, I thought he had a little bit more power than that. That's why I didn't. I didn't think that was right. Yeah, that's not a lot of home runs. Great, great guess. Great guess. All right. Well, that means I'm getting this next. <laughs> okay, we're starting with Art. I led the MLB in home runs allowed last year with 41. I've played for five teams in my career, and last season I finished tied for seventh with 19 quality starts. Who am I? Um, um, Zach Greinke? Al, your guess? Mike Leake? David, you're good. Eric, I'm, I'm going to need you to repeat the clues one more time. I led the MLB in home runs allowed last year with 41. I've played for five teams in my career, and I was tied for seventh last year with 19 quality starts. Oh, God. Um, God. Um, you see, until you said five teams, I was going to say Justin Verlander because he gave a lot of home runs. Um. Just give me a big X. I have no idea. Al's right again with Mike Lee. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God, Al. You know, I, I would have guessed Jay Happ, except on my show, we recently did a trivia question where uh, we knew that he, uh, made, he made starts for six different teams. So uh, oh. if I didn't have that top of mind, I probably would have guessed Happ. Man. So are we only doing five? Because I've. I've uh... Yeah, let's do five. Just give us two more. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I like this one. This this is this is gonna be a tough one. I was uh, t- right up my alley. Then I was tied for the MLB lead in holds last year with thirty one. I had no saves, but I blew two between the two teams I was on. I allowed only three home runs in sixty two innings pitched, which was among best for middle relievers, 
but I had a 4.65 ERA and 1.45 WHIP. Who am I? And Al, we'll start with you since you're on fire. Uh, Sam Dyson. Dave, you said he was with. You said he's with two teams there. Yes. Sergio Romo. Art. Oh my God. Uh, I. I thought of Dyson too. Uh, I. Uh, two teams. I want to say I, I, Dyson was who I thought of too, but that's. I, I, I'm just piggybacking on that one. So Dyson. Uh, Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. It's a lot of holds. Yeah. That Yeah. Yeah. All right. For the last one, do you guys want a hitter or a pitcher? Give us a hitter. I feel like I'll have a better <laughs> chance with a hitter. All right. So if you're counting this year, like the twenty MOB season will be played, I've played on four teams, all in the AL. I've hit double-digit home runs in every year, but I've never had more than 80 RBIs in a season. In the last five years, I've played 594 games, but I only have nine steals. Who am I? And, David, we will start with you. Oh, God. He's been on five teams? Uh, he, if you're counting this year, it'll be four. Okay. You know what? CJ uh CJ Crone. Art? That's a good guess. Um CJ Crone. Uh, uh, four teams all AL double digit home runs, nine steals. Jeez. Um uh, I I I I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, Al. I, I think Crone's a great guess, but I, I have to admit I would not have come up with that on my own. But I have a feeling it's right. Um, and I was thinking Kevin Pillar, but he's played in the NL. I'm going to take the X. Well, you guys were. I mean, should have gone with David. It was CJ Crone. Good job. Oh, I'm on the board. Yes. <laughs> All right, I have one more bonus one. He's the man. Okay. We tweet him every week. <laughs> And he's second base, third base, and now field eligible. Who is it? Uh, our man crush, Jeff McNeil. <laughs> Weekly shout out, Jeff McNeil. That's awesome. We had to make sure we got Jeff McNeil on the show here. We had to get him mentioned of him, or we got a couple in anyway. Um, Al, we thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. Um, uh, it was just awesome having you. We, re- we really well, thank you so much it. for having me on. Uh, it was fun. Uh, the game was really fun. Um, you know, when we used to do stuff like that on the CBS podcast. I would never get anything right, so I'm going to take my two my two correct answers and, and run with it. Al, you won this yeah, week. Congrats! Won the game. I'm golf clapping in the background. <laughs> and if you want, you you guys can follow Al at Al Melchior BB on Twitter, and make sure to listen to his podcast. Uh, it's great stuff. Again, Al, we really uh, my appreciate pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you, Al.